Welcome to Income for Baby Boomers. If you want to learn about exciting new businesses each week from other boomers who speak your language and have started a unique and profitable business from home, you have come to the right place. For those who would like to try some of these low investment opportunities, stay tuned. We'll help you get started in your own profitable adventure. Now with your host and entrepreneur, Ken Queen. I'd like to introduce Hans Fensel, Launch Your Encore, Finding Adventure and Purpose Later in Life. This is his latest book. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Ken. Good to be on your show today. Fantastic. I know you've got a lot of things going on, and you, you, what you're doing certainly fits right in with our folks here that are wanting to launch something new. You know, they're just retiring, and uh, your book just addresses. Uh, it, we couldn't have a better uh, <laughs> person to interview, I think. Well, good. Thank you. But I'd, I'd love to, to start with your life for a minute, if we could, and just uh, at what uh, stage did the entrepreneurial bug bite you uh, in your life? <laughs> Were you one of these people that had uh, Kool-Aid sand since uh, five or what? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yes. I uh, Although, my, by the way, I'm a boomer. I'm 64, so I'm smack dab in the middle of the boomer generation right, and uh, born in 51, great year, great vintage. <laughs> But uh, as a kid, I did always have an entrepreneurial uh, spirit, whether it was a uh, paper route or selling stuff. But actually, I got led for my most of my career into the nonprofit world. So I wasn't a businessman or an entrepreneur for most of my career, although I'm what I call a nonprofit entrepreneur, where I work in nonprofit work uh, in ministry in various places around the world. But I was always an entrepreneur, uh, starting new things, doing new things. I'm very creative and entrepreneurial-like. But when that career sort of came to an end, well, I brought it to an end when I was 60 because I became kind of bored and lost my passion. And that's really when I launched my current business, the various things I'm doing now to generate income. Super. Well, I just want to say that running a nonprofit, not that I ran a nonprofit, but I worked heavily and raised over a million dollars over five or six years myself for the blind organization. So there's a lot of entrepreneurial stuff in there. Yeah, it's a different kind of world, and it, it right. motivate people differently than in the business world. But uh, it was very fulfilling. It was a great, great work, and I spent 20 years as a nonprofit CEO, learned a lot about leadership. That's where I got my passion for leadership, and that's when I started writing books on leadership. All right. So you started four or five years ago starting your own thing, I guess. What was the first thing that you did when you got started? Yeah. Well, first thing I realized, Ken, is that um, – Today, the world has shifted to the Internet and social media. For a lot of us boomers, that's a, a strange new world and a different culture. I mean, my wife and I lived in Austria and Vienna for 10 years, and that was a very different culture. And some older boomers especially struggle with uh, the Internet and social media. But I realized the kind of business I wanted to start, I had to really learn social media and building a platform on the web because that's where the world is moving to. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I did is I decided I wasn't going to work for somebody else anymore. That was my first decision when I quit my job. And by the way, I left a, a great high paying job, but I had lost my heart for it. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to, as scary as it is, I'm going to venture out on my own. 
and start something from scratch. So the first decision I made is I'm not going to work for somebody else and trade my hours for dollars. I'm going to create my own thing. And, and a lot of people today are tired of being controlled by employers who lay them off or force them to retire. I talk about the Jay Leno syndrome. Even Jay Leno, as successful mm-hmm. as he was, was uh, forced to retire when he turned 65 against his will, even a guy as successful as that. So first decision I made, I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to create my own thing so I don't get jerked around anymore by bosses or employers. Second big decision I made um, is I'm going to learn how to build an online business, an online presence to build what I do through social media and the Internet, which was a big learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, <laughs> I'm still doing a lot. Of I learning. like to say my I have four children and six grandchildren and. You know, especially my grandchildren are born into this, but even our kids, you know, when they, when they were born, the internet was just, you know, in the eighties is when my kids were born is just when the internet started and email started. And, and so for many of them, they, they grew up in this country and, and our grandchildren, oh my goodness, you, you, if you really want to understand some new piece of technology, uh, go to, go to your grandchildren and they'll, they'll teach it to you real quick. But for us, it's a foreign land and a foreign culture. Some people are scared of it, but I've learned it and you have to learn it. Uh, most businesses, uh, you really need to have an online presence in order to grow that business. Now, could you, uh, Maybe hire some uh, virtual uh, assistant or something to maybe handle a lot of it to break you in so that you could get up on there right away, but have someone holding your hand for the first six months or something. Uh, might that be a way to do it so that, uh, you know, you're not sitting on the, sitting in front of a <laughs> computer all day trying to figure out where step two is? You know, I think that uh, I do have a virtual assistant that I hired, but not right away. Uh, I started by taking courses and reading books. Uh, One of the best books I recommend is the book by Michael Hyatt called Platform. And uh, you've heard of Michael Hyatt, I'm sure. Yes. And uh, now he has courses on Platform. But I realized that's what I'm doing. I'm going to build a platform in the social, on the Internet, and, and try to drive a wedge out there and create a presence online. How do you do that? One of the best books out there is the book Platform by Michael Hyatt. He should give me some royalties as much as I promote that book. Yeah. But uh, I, will, I, will, I will put it in the show notes. Yeah, so Platform is a, is a great book uh, on um, how to build an online platform and all the aspects of creating a website and and he has so much help on michaelhyatt.com and so i didn't actually hire a virtual assistant first my because that cost money that i didn't have <laughs> you know i've got one now that i pay $600 a month but you know i didn't have $600 a month at the beginning mm-hmm. to to pay for that so i just started studying and learning now I have the advantages. I'm very technologically savvy. I always have been. I'm the son of a rocket scientist. My father helped build the Saturn V rocket that put us on the moon. So I, I know technology and I'm a quick learner, but I know a lot of you listening, you're not that way. 
And so uh, <laughs> I was at the Apple store the other day, and there were these two ladies there. The cool thing about the Apple stores, if you're into the Mac world, is they have all these great courses you can take very, very inexpensively. And there were these two ladies who I know were in their 70s, and this young guy was just walking them through Facebook. How does this thing work? What is it? <laughs> and how do I control this monster. It really, social media can become a monster. But so I would recommend actually starting by taking courses and reading books. All right. Okay. Uh, and just to go back to the risk factor too, that it's risky working for other people because it's like you said, risky. Yes. they can get rid of you tomorrow. So people think, you know, in the past you could rely on companies, but not today. Nope. I mean, there isn't that mindset that they're going to keep you from uh, cradle to grave at all. They're deciding whether they're going to keep you for tomorrow. <laughs> Sadly, there's, you know, loyalty is a lost value in our culture and used to be employers were value, were loyal to their employees. There's still a few exceptions to the rule, but, you know, I just think it's kind of cool what's going on at Starbucks right now. It's a company that I really admire, and I mean, I happen to, I'm drinking a Starbucks coffee right now, but... I like Starbucks. Yeah. I don't know if I like where they're going. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, Howard Schultz just announced uh, recently, well, just this week, that he's going to provide a free education, a college education to anybody that's works half-time or more at, at Starbucks through Arizona State University's online course. And I thought, now there's something amazing that an employer is doing for employees, helping all these young people get their college education. But by and large, you're right. Working for employers nowadays is very risky. Yeah, there's just no stability there, and uh, there's no promise for the future. So, And the future is home businesses. And yes, it's absolutely the future. My wife has a home business and I have a home business. And the thing we love about it is the only people that can fire us is ourselves if we decide not to get out of bed and work. But nobody can jerk us around. And we love this. It is that the future. Is. It really is the future in America. And, you know, you probably see some of these magazines that are devoted to home entrepreneurs and home businesses. And it's just amazing how big a part it is of the American economy today. Mm -hmm. Most of the startups are the little guys. Yeah, absolutely. That are going on. Um, uh, let me just pick a, a, a profession. I pick different ones different times. But let's just take, okay, I have uh, an electrician. Okay, I've got a neighbor who just retired, So, or, or he's retiring at the end of this month. Uh, so now he's thinking, okay, uh, I do want to do something. I do need to make money. I don't know if he's getting forced out or not, but he's like 64, 65, so maybe uh, he's actually retiring, but he wants to work. <laughs> so yes. I don't know all the details uh, of what's going on. But wh how can we take an electrician, okay, that's, you know, he's run a crew. He's not owned his own company, but he's run a crew. He knows uh, commercial uh, uh electrical work he knows a home electrical he knows what he's doing he's done it for 30 years but now he's retiring he likes let's say baseball so his passion is baseball he doesn't mind uh, you know being an electrician was a good life for him he didn't mind it but he's not sure what he should do at this point what do you recommend where uh, where's where's he getting so started okay so i'm assuming he doesn't have enough money to quit working he needs some kind of income well, in this case, my neighbor uh, says he'd be 
a skinny retirement. Okay. All right. So exactly. Yeah. So. so yeah, and again, we're talking about my our new book, Launch Your Encore: Finding Adventure and Purpose Later in Life, and we. This book is chock full of illustrations just like this, and we find that there are as many different retirement scenarios as there are people. And okay. in fact, one of our things about we don't like the word retirement, me and my co-author Rick Hicks, uh, we wanted to title the book Retirement is a Four-Letter Word because I think here's why I don't like the word retirement. I think us boomers uh, have always been a generation that wanted to make an impact, wanted to make a difference, wanted to change the world, you know, wanted to be in the mainstream. And to me, if people say, are you retired? To me, I feel like it means I'm laying on the couch, I'm completely sidelined, and my life is now completely insignificant. And that's why I don't like that. And that's why I don't like the word retirement. Right. That's why I we agree. talk about encore, you know, relaunch your life. Launch your encore. These can be some of the greatest years. So back to your electrician, there are as many different scenarios as there are people. Uh, some people want to start a brand new career when they retire from their main act career because they kind of want to do. Um, in fact, I, I love a believe it or not, I've gotten to really I really like AARP magazine. And in the last edition, they had a, a two page spread on people who had changed professions in these years uh, and one of them was an engineer who opened a nursery so for some people it's a chance to finally do what you've always wanted to do uh, and, and completely change careers but let's go with your electrician there are a lot you recommend he does yeah because a lot of people baseball, but, you know he has a very marketable skill that he can do part-time so the first thing he's going to have to do is learn how to have his own business, uh, some of the mechanics of that. Because if he always worked for somebody else, yes, he didn't have to deal with taxes and payroll. So uh, I don't recommend he become a <laughs> a shade tree cash basis electrician and try to avoid you know taxes. Uh, I think okay. he. So I think he needs to look and maybe take a little course at the community college or an online course. I'm sure they're there how to start your own business because he will need right. to probably incorporate some kind of a a business, right? Yes, he wants to start a business, but he's just not sure whether he should go with his his uh side thing, baseball he really loves following and he, you know, didn't mind being an electrician, but he's just kind of divided. He's just not sure what to do and so well maybe he can uh, do both i'm not sure how you right. can make money on a love for baseball um, i think it'd be easier to make the, the extra money he needs as a part-time electrician and then spend the rest of his time doing this passion of baseball that would be my recommendation all right so what uh what would what should he create first a website first or uh, well the first thing is to start Incorporate his business, and that can be very so, easy. And you can use some something like LegalZoom, uh, which is a very cheap way to start your own business. Because you you need to get your house in order financially. So when you make it, when you start being an electrician and people start giving you money, the accounting of that money, you know, it's a necessary evil. So the first thing I'd say is incorporate your okay, his own business. So he doesn't lose everything if something goes wrong. Yeah, and you don't want to get in trouble with the tax man. <laughs> so once that's established, then I think that uh, 
I'm not sure. Yeah, I think a simple website would be very helpful. And I would say go very easy. And, and you can go to a place like GoDaddy. That's where I get all my domain names. And for a couple hundred dollars, you can create a very simple website, which is all that an electrician needs. Okay. Uh, so you can send people to it. But I think the most important thing, you know, with an electrician is word of mouth. And as you begin to have customers, they will recommend you to other customers. And most communities now where you live have uh, community forums, community websites. And so I really think he needs to get the word out locally where he lives. And, and where I right. where I live, we have a my neighborhood is called Veneford Point. It's interesting. It's just the here in Colorado. It's it's a few neighborhoods, and that's you know how neighborhoods have names. And and our neighborhood has a uh, a website just for the neighborhood, and it's actually used to recommend these kind of things. Where a neighbor will say, "Hey, I need a good electrician. Who do you recommend?" And boom, boom, boom. You know, all of a sudden, people are recommending. So that's locally, I would say, try to find places, you know, go to the Home Depot and put your card up there, go to the Ace Hardware store, you know, let them know. And pretty soon word of mouth will travel. So that's that's what I would recommend. Is there anything that he could do on social media uh, locally uh, also, maybe Facebook or something else? Or If he... You know, it, I don't know <laughs> if an electrician would, if he has a bunch of friends on Facebook that are local, mm-hmm. but, you know, then then he could post, the, you know, uh, he could create a Facebook fan page. But, you know, we, we sort of have this rule, and I, I think you're aware of this, Ken, you don't really promote your business on Facebook on your personal page. Right. Uh, you need a fan. You need fan a fan page. page, which is one of the early things I created was my fan page. And yes, I would definitely recommend they create a fan page on Facebook and try to get the customers that they've already had or friends to like them on that fan page because that will also. And on that fan page, he can start posting stuff about himself and what he likes to do and his experience. And yeah, that, that'll also create some interest. So to, to dig in a little deeper to the community, uh, what other things would you recommend he, he does here? Yeah, well, um, I find that uh, there's a lot of networks. There's, you know, local community papers everywhere. I would, I would actually put an ad which is very cheap. You know, in, in where I live, we have the Highlands Ranch Herald. It's a free paper that they throw in our driveway every week. And, uh, okay, so free paper ones are good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in, in the local papers, I would advertise for sure. And then I would try to find what are other places where our community connects with each other, uh, where uh, people learn about services. Now, I, I would recommend Google, but that's that's a whole jungle out there to, to get to the place where, um, you know, you can pay people to try to create, uh, you know, Google AdWords or where you can start. If people were to sit down in your community and they start typing, I need an electrician in Plano, Texas, well, to get noticed in that arena is, is you know, that's a harder that's a harder journey. 
All right. Uh, again, in that case, you would use local, uh, Google local ads. So you it could, would only, yeah, but that's going to cost you some money. It's going to cost you some money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, AdWords is not cheap. No, and so that's not the way I would write. And especially because he wants to do this part-time, I don't think it would take him a oh. lot to get started. All he needs is a few gigs to start, and then people will recommend him to other people. Okay, so it's really a word-of-mouth business. Now, what could he do with all this knowledge uh, online? Let's go that route for a minute. Well, if he loves, does he have a passion for being an electrician, or is his passion baseball? Uh, Again, he's very knowledgeable. He's very knowledgeable. And when it comes to being an electrician, uh, yeah. but baseball, he doesn't know what to do with. But yeah. let's let's go with both for a minute. But let's let's look at the electrician part. What could he do online to make money outside of the local uh, environment? Wow. Would you? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, he could create some videos on how to do stuff or electrician. What? <laughs> but. Uh, there are so many of those free. I'm not sure that would, I don't, I'm not sure I have a, an answer of how he could create an online income as an electrician with a lot of knowledge. Uh, if he could create some really killer videos, he could put those on YouTube and make them ad based and you might, you could get some revenue that way. But so how does that work and how many people view, views do you need to start making money on, uh, on uh, YouTube. Yeah, you need a lot of views, so you've you got to be good. And I don't know how he is. <laughs> Again, is he okay. technologically inclined? You, yes. Yeah, I mean, he's oh, an yeah. electrician, so I mean, if he got himself a, a nice HD video camera and started uh, making short little videos on uh, basics of home electricity and... Uh, you know, if he could make some clever videos about all the, his knowledge, just and they need to be short. You know, they need to be less than two minutes generally. Okay. You know, how do I replace a light bulb? Why why are there so many different kinds of light bulbs? What's the deal with these new light bulbs? And I like my old light bulbs. And and what do I do if a socket's dead? And you know, on and on and on. Okay. All right. uh, you know, he can make a whole bunch of videos, and 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 then you have to promote them on your website. You have to promote them on Facebook. But if they catch on, and when you launch them on YouTube, you can set up to where they they have the ad the ad in income. I'm not sure how much revenue that re, uh, generates, honestly. Okay, that might be a hard way. Now, keep in mind, though, he ran several crews of electricians, and so he, you know, knew how to manage a, didn't own the company, but he knew how to manage a, uh, an electrician outfit. So is there not, uh, you know, something there uh, that he could do? Online? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure online. To me, that's the kind of industry where, honestly, I think he's going to make his best money uh, working part time as an electrician, or, or doing the doing the actual work. Yes. Rather than, yeah, because well, I think I was just thinking, could you train other people to be journeymen or something? Uh, you know, some other training avenue or <coughs> the example. Excuse me, the example you've chosen, electrician. I do think there are some businesses that are more oriented toward an online business than others, and you picked one that I think is tough one. <laughs> is really more oriented to brick and mortar. The brick and mortar. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think right. he's going to do his 
you know, he can charge quite a bit if he's a really good electrician. I mean, if he wanted to, he could even get a few junior electricians and, and have a part-time business where he doesn't actually go out and do the work, but he's just the... Just finds the work for them. Yeah, and then he, he's the manager of this group, these group of uh, yeah. up-and-coming electricians, you know? That's his, his expertise. Okay, now, let's let's drop that and say, okay, he doesn't want to touch... Ele- he's, he's been an electrician all his life. He never wants to see another light bulb. Yes. <laughs> He wants to do his baseball. Yeah. Now he's he's followed baseball the last twenty years. He he watches every game and he knows every player. Uh, what is there anything he can do with that passion? Uh, there's a lot he could do, but to make if you're saying to make money, then I'm not to sure. Make a living, yeah. Uh, that I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not. <laughs> you picked the wrong okay. analogy for Hans. I'm not a sports guy. Okay. Uh, all right. I, all I but, could uh, say is you could search the internet. And see if you can find somebody that's doing it. That that would apply to anything, any interest okay. you have where you want to make money at it. Mm. Find somebody that's making money doing what you want to do and copy them. That's the ticket. I, I, I do a lot of stuff that Michael Hyatt does because he's making a lot of money now on his online presence platform. And I just decided I'm going to copy this guy and, and do what he's doing. So find somebody that's out there doing something that uh, is making money in the sports baseball world and copy them. All right. Okay. Now I uh, have a different situation. Uh, uh, let's, let's go to an attorney cause that might be more applicable to online or is it? Oh yes. That, that would be definitely more online. Yes. Okay. So we have an attorney, he's retired and now he wants to make some money on the, on the side to make a, you know, to gain, to keep his retirement up at the level he's used to living at. Yes. <laughs> what do we recommend for him? Oh, now this, this would be great because a lot of people want, a lot of people need um, advice from an attorney, but they don't want to pay what attorneys um, charge. So I, I mm-hmm. could see a, a website that, Offered, in fact, a blog. I don't know if there are any attorney podcasts, but I would recommend. Uh, I started my podcast. It's called the Leadership Answer Man, and what I do is I teach leadership on my podcast, mm-hmm. and it's free. You know, you don't. I don't generate any income through my podcast, but what I am doing is building my platform and getting more recognition. I've got now two thousand downloads a month, so people are listening to me, and I'm trying to drive people to my website. And when I drive people to my website, then uh, that's where I have things that can uh, generate income for me. So I could see him creating a, a podcast on legal advice. You know, here, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. You know, just giving out free legal advice and talking about legal issues. And what is the, what are the first three things I need to do if I think I need to divorce my husband? Or, or uh, you know, you name it, and then drive people to his website. And on his website, he would have a blog where he would blog about legal advice. Again, mm-hmm. disclaimers everywhere. Okay. <laughs> and, this doesn't apply in your state. Yes, right. Disclaimer after disclaimer. But I think mm-hmm. you could do a lot of just legal, free legal advice. But then... Okay, where's the money? Yes. Okay, the money is, uh, have you seen these websites where, hey, um, click here to schedule a 15-minute appointment, click here to schedule a 30-minute appointment. 
uh, and, and you could charge for uh, legal advice. And that would be where some money could come in, where he could start saying, uh, you know, it's one thing to give. And again, I don't know all the legal ramifications, because, uh, but I think they could give free legal advice or initial legal advice mm-hmm. uh, where they could, where he could charge for that. So how all the way, by the way, to being an attorney The I just recently redid my wills and I used some attorney that somebody recommended to me in Arkansas. I live in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I've never met the guy. I used him, but guess what? Because he's cheap and, and people say he's good. And so it, everything was through email. I've never talked to the guy, but I got my new wills. And so you can actually, um, and he lives in Arkansas and I live in Colorado. That didn't matter legally. So, the, so this person could, charge for everything from a 15 minute to a half hour consultation all the way to uh okay I'll do your wills for this fee and try to you know try to have a great fee structure where it's more economical than going to the local attorney and they could even become the attorney and offer uh, legal services all right okay I just did find one on iTunes called JD blogger Smart legal marketing for attorney entrepreneurs. There you go. And he's got a whole whole bunch of uh, a podcasts he did. There's you know like yeah. sixty seven of them there. Okay, and uh, uh, here I just went to uh, ask a lawyer a question. <laughs> okay. Just answer dot law. So, all right. so there's all kinds of that stuff out there, and let me, right. and and you probably know Ken as I do. Whatever you do, whatever journey you try to go on. Be patient. It will take some time. The, mm-hmm. the, the thing I learned early on in this journey of creating my online business is how crowded the Internet is. And guess what? People aren't waiting for you to jump. <laughs> they aren't waiting for you to jump into the online world. It is extremely noisy and extremely clouded, uh, crowded, and they're not just like sitting there waiting for you. You have to actually wedge your presence to me it's i i picture this wedge i'm trying to shove myself into the space of mm-hmm. crowded space and that's that's yes. the reality right well the one good thing i think about podcasts i think there's like there's something like 8 million websites and only 500,000 podcasts exactly that's one reason i started <laughs> podcasting it's still a, a virgin territory yeah and, uh, in comparison and uh, to me it's Great free advertising, and it does drive people toward your business. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we take a let's take a third option here and just see what advice you'd have. So we got someone that's been a caretaker all his life, and so he doesn't really think he has any particular training that would, you know, sell, or uh, he doesn't want to go out now that he's retired and. Uh, clean floors at night. He doesn't want to do that stuff anymore. So he'd like to, you know, rediscover himself. Okay. What do, what do we do with him? Okay. He needs to get my book, Launch Your All Encore, right. Finding Your right. Purpose and Later in Life. Because what we do, uh, honestly, is we, those are the kind of people we help think through, first of all, decisions you have to make when you get into your post-retirement years or your retirement years, you know, your 60s to your 80s, you know, I believe there's just just a wonderful new age of opportunity. But there are a lot of questions you have to ask ask yourself. We talk in here, we have a whole chapter on test instruments. 
mm-hmm. where you need to rediscover who you are through things like uh, strengths finders, inventory, the Myers Briggs test, the uh, various instruments like that. Uh, there's a spiritual gifts inventory. You have to you have to kind of rediscover who you are and what is my passion, what are my gifts. What do I want to do at this stage of my life? And it's often very different than what we did in our 30s and 40s. All right. So um, let's say, okay, they buy buy the book and they follow uh, finding out their strengths and their weaknesses. Okay, so they find that, gee, they'd really be good in uh, as a podcast, I guess. Let's, let's yes, that. podcast. Um, Okay, so uh, uh, so he's found something that it looks like he's suited for. So what would be his next step? Uh, well, you need to learn how to be a podcaster, right? <laughs> right. Okay, and, so where would he well, learn? I recommend Cliff Ravenscraft's course. Uh, he's the podcast answer man. Are you familiar with yeah, him? He's, yeah, very good. Yeah, I've okay. listened to a lot of his. Yeah. So Cliff has a course that I took. Um, I think it's about $2,000, and it's a... Online course, I think six weeks, and it's podcasting A to Z is the name of the course. And uh, there are others who have actually free courses, um, but I think most very successful podcasters all seem to go to Cliff and take his course. He's the best. There are others, but um, I think he's. I think Flynn. What's the guy's name? Uh, Flynn. He's one of the guys that I. Absolutely. Pat Flynn, I think, has a free series. Smart income, uh, right? Uh, smart. Uh, smart passive income. Passive income. Yeah, Pat Flynn's another great resource. He, if you go to his website, Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income, he has a whole series of podcasts uh, and videos you can listen to for free that teach you a lot about podcasting. But I would recommend you take the course. Up, uh, Podcasting A to Z with Cliff Ravenscraft. I took that, and it's a great illustration that, Ken, that in this stage in our lives, you know, we old dogs have to learn new tricks, and we can. I decided I wanted to podcast, and I decided, well, I don't know how to do this. Took the course, learned everything I needed to know, and I launched my podcast. That's that's super. Um, So let's talk about, well, not just podcasts, but any types of businesses that you're recommending as a rule in your book, what would you say, uh, and I know it's going to vary depending on what profession, but the professions that you speak about in the book, what uh, what kind of timeline do you think they're looking at before they would start making uh you know, a thousand a month, let's say. No, okay, that's a tough that's question. A I know. And by I've the way, we this. we don't. I know your podcast is around helping people um, make money at this stage in life, but so, I, I just want to say, as an aside, some people are the place where they don't need to make money, or that's not their biggest issue. And we have a lot in our book about volunteering and going into the nonprofit sector and, you know, giving back to communities. Uh, we have people, stories of move to China to teach Chinese how to learn English or or gone to Africa to teach uh, people how to work a computer. There's a lot of nonprofit work that's very fulfilling at this stage of life. So it's not just all about business. It's about finding meaning and purpose later in life. Let me just say, uh, yeah, I don't know how to answer the question, what's the best business to make the most money as quickly as possible? 
I think creating an online business is a slow journey to create $1,000 a month. I think a faster business uh, would be like your electrician or somebody, your lawyer, you know, take the skill that you've already made money on and turn it into your own side business. We have a good friend we talk about in the book who was a firefighter his whole career, and he became an expert on chemical and hazmat fires and problems, and now he consults part-time when he wants to, makes a whole lot of money in a very little bit of time, leveraging what he knows so well. Mm, excellent. I'd also say, honestly, I'm a big fan of multi-level marketing companies. I think that they are a quicker way to make income than starting your own thing from scratch. And there's a lot of great, I don't know what your attitude is toward MLMs, but I think it's a low risk, low threshold to get into a multi-level marketing company. And uh, I I think if you have the aptitude, I mean, let's face it, there's some people making some serious money in MLM. Um, but uh, you, I mean, you have to have the aptitude for it. I guess is a is a thing which I've never had. Yeah, <laughs> I've done some MLM, and you know, I've done Amway, I've done a, a bunch of them, and pretty well failed at all of them. So <laughs> it wasn't your. <laughs> they thing. weren't good for me, you know. But I mean, I did get some up to over a thousand a month. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, that's what my wife does in my wife's business, and she's very successful. But we do see that it's not for everybody, but. It's amazing how you can uh, get to one or two thousand dollars a month pretty easily by just sharing with the people you already know. And mm-hmm. there's a lot yeah. of really good quality uh, MLMs out there. Where, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, that that's a road that that we see people right. taking. And my wife yeah. is bringing in people that are in their 60s to work in her company and and finding it it works. How about direct sales? How do you uh, uh, you recommend? Well, that's that? just to me the same thing. Direct sales oh. is, and right. you're you're promoting some kind of product, uh, whether it's a health product or you know, there's this uh, there are legal products. There's an MLM that offers uh, legal uh, protection. There's there's just a a host of possibilities, and I think that you know, for us at this stage in our life, it's proving a really good source of income for us. No, I've bought a lot of the products. Oh, good. And, so you, you know, and the legal ones too. Yeah, and and they, they were quite a good deal for the, you know, for me to, to get because where could I get legal help that cheap? You know, exactly. So the thing is, this, in my wife's company, it costs fifty dollars to become a distributor. Fifty dollars. Well, if you you started uh, built your website, learned how to podcast, started podcasting. Uh, you're going to have to hire some people to help you. You're going to be one or $2,000 into this thing before you ever make a penny. Mm-hmm. And then you have to sit and wait uh, to see if, if you're going to strike a chord and, you, and it's going to work. If it makes it, it makes it or not. Yeah. Uh, just, just to explain the difference, uh, I believe the difference between the MLM and a direct sales company. Uh, let's say a product is that you're going to buy $100 worth of a product. In an MLM, you might get 5% of it, and then you get overrides and blah, blah, blah. In a direct sales company, you may get 50% of it. So there isn't a, you're like a direct link to the company, and there isn't a bunch of layers in between. But, of course, you know it's, it may be a lot tougher. But when you sell a product in a direct sales situation, like pots and pans or whatever, 
uh, Queen Anne and all, you know, vacuum cleaners or whatever. Yeah. Uh, usually it sells for 500 and you may be getting 200 or 250 of it. So where MLMs, normally you don't get that kind of percentage, but then you're making it up on volume. You're going to have, you know, yeah, the layers and layers uh, of people. Yeah, so my wife is in the MLM model, and we always say the fortune's in the 5%. <laughs> because, right. you know, you get your, uh, you, you share something you're very excited about, and you get your friends to share it, and, yeah, and it creates a community. And I know some people have a real bad taste in their mouth for this whole world, but other people we find, again, to the original topic we started on, if you want control of your own destiny, you need a home mm. business. Yes. And for more yes. and more people in America, multi-level marketing is becoming a great way to have your home business. And and you get to work with your friends. My wife gets to work with friends, with women, and she's building this team. And we have found for our family, we've been doing this for 15 years. See, we started when we were around 50 and we're finding it's a great residual income as you get older. It's a wonderful retirement plan, actually. If you, mm -hmm. if, but like anything, you got to work it. You know, <laughs> no, like Amway was a very social organization, which is still going very big still. Uh, but they use different names they go under. But uh, <laughs> Amway's there, strong, strong and healthy. But it is a great way to meet a lot of people and and uh, work on a one one on one basis. Yeah, it's. Uh, it uh, for some this probably they got all their friends out of that. It's, it was a it was a great way of, of of meeting people, you know. Right. But again, in my case, I mean, I'm making two hundred thousand a year, and then I go to you know twenty thousand and says something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, that's true. You know, I'm not using my expertise right here because uh, I didn't want to go backwards. Now, again, you know, you may need to start at that lower level, and eventually you'll get up to that higher level, but. I didn't want to spend five or ten years to get there. I say, wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, I know how to do this, do things at this level tomorrow. So yeah. I'm not going to start on on that thing. But for myself, I mean, I've always owned my own businesses, so I can usually dream up a business that makes, you know, a hundred thousand plus a year pretty quick. So I usually stick, you know, with that. But I have tried multi-level, and I think it's perfect for some people. It wasn't for me, but uh, but nothing's for everybody. There's, you know, everything is different. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So, any other recommendations for my listeners uh, for what? Now they need to get your book, and I and I get that. And <laughs> anything else that uh, that you recommend they start to do right now to start getting themselves on this entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, I think they need to learn that they're going to have to learn new tricks. So, one of the chapters in my book is that I wrote. I might, uh, it's called "Old Dogs Can Learn New Tricks," <laughs> and we're going to have to realize we're going to have to learn new stuff, like the internet, like social media. So, I would recommend uh, taking courses at the community college, taking courses at the local. Our library is offering more and more courses here in our community for baby boomers who are in this transition. Because our community wants to keep boomers, they don't. They don't want them to move away when they retire. Because mm -hmm. you know, we boomers, a lot of us have. Well, they want to keep us in the community. So all of a sudden, I've discovered a lot of great courses on the, this transition at the community at, at our local library here, and uh, the community college here offers some tremendous courses uh, on um, for people again aging boomers who are trying to. Re reset their life, launch their encore, retool themselves, 
take courses, read books, learn about this process. Don't go on autopilot is what I advise to people. If you just go on autopilot, you might get into some real trouble, and you might even go to a dark place. We, we, we have one chapter called Beware of Going to the Dark Side. And that's the, like going in depression yeah. when you're sitting home doing nothing. Yeah, the bathrobe phase where yeah. you, I'm worthless, I'm useless, nobody wants me anymore. And guess what? Pretty soon you shrivel up and die. And so we say, you know, don't be passive, be active. There are choices to make. There are things to learn. I guess if I could wrap it all up into one thing, I'd say start learning new things, reading new kinds of books, or, or if you're not a reader, listening to podcasts. Um, or, or, or uh, going to the local community college or library and taking some courses. So that would be my advice. Fantastic. Now, for people to get a hold of you, uh, let me get your website over the air, but I'm going to put that on the show notes too. But uh, your website is? HansBinzel.com. My name, H-A-N-S-F-I-N-Z-E-L, HansBinzel.com. All right. Do you have an email you want to give, or do they uh, just go? They the go email? there and just hit the contact tab, and they'll get a hold of me. Okay. All you need to know is my name, Hanspinzel dot com, and I also do have a website that we have created just for this book called LaunchYourEncore dot com. If you want to learn more about the book, uh, you can go to that site. Okay. Super launch. Now, do you sell it uh, through? Um, uh, Amazon? Yes, uh, it's a, it's an ebook and a print book and it's available through Amazon, uh Barnes and Nobles. Barnes and Nobles. Uh, all good. the online outlets have it, both in ebook and in print book. And right. in large print. I just my publisher just sent me the large print edition. That's pretty cool. Oh, I want to ask you that one last question there then. Uh how soon, well, two things, uh, how quick do you think person should start considering writing a book, any of these people we've talked about? I know maybe the electrician's book might not go anywhere, but the attorney's book might. Uh, how quick do you recommend them getting into uh, bringing a book out, uh, after they're famous or before? Or? <laughs> well, there is a, a, a misnomer or a, a, an illusion out there that you can make a living as an author, and I can tell you, having been writing books for 30 years, mm -hmm. you can't make a full-time living as an author unless you're, um, you know, Tom Clancy or uh, Grisham or, um, you know, uh, what's the guy, the name of um, Rick Warren, the pastor of Saddleback, who yes. uh, wrote the most selling book of all time in history other than the Bible. <laughs> but yes. uh, for most people, you know, you might be able to sell a few hundred books, not enough for an income, but there are an occasional exception. You know, one of the books I've wrote, I wrote the top 10 mistakes leaders make has sold over 500,000 copies. So that's, that's cool. That's been a nice little supplemental income. So the nice thing about writing nowadays is you can write through, um, on your own. You don't have to have a publisher. You don't have to find a publisher. There's this thing called create space. I don't know if you've heard about that. It's an Amazon company, Amazon company. Mm -hmm. And, uh, through create space, you can actually, uh, my latest, my other book that I launched recently, I uh, did myself self published. I did a print version, an ebook version and an audible book version all by myself. And the whole. And you think it's more profitable that way? Oh yeah. Oh, I make a lot more money per book, believe me. Uh, 
but I don't have a publisher promoting it. So I'm experimenting right now because I just launched two books in the last four months, one self-published, one with a brick and mortar publisher. And I'm going to watch and see how much is my publisher really going to do to help me. The advantage of a publisher is distribution, advertising, uh, their hold the channels that they sell it. It's getting harder and harder to get a publisher to go out and risk doing a book. So it's very hard to get a publisher to commit because the mm-hmm. publishing industry is in such upheaval because of self-publishing. So I would say to the electrician or to the lawyer, yeah, you can write a book if you've got the courage and the and the fortitude to do it, and you can self-publish it. And it, you can self-publish a book for under two hundred dollars, and uh, buy your own. Like I buy my own copies as I need them for two dollars a piece, and and you can put them for sale on Amazon and see what happens. Right. I was just thinking a lot of them say that for the credibility of it, not that there's any money maybe in that, but when you can say I've written a book. Uh, suddenly you're a you're all, all of a sudden you're an author and there is a mess <laughs> there is a mystique around being an author it's very true <laughs> why not all right okay all right I was, well, that, by the way ken i i always like to tell people you know writing a book is 90 percent perspiration and 10 percent inspiration mm-hmm. and, and it's hard work and if you've got the discipline to do it you know go ahead and give it a try no, oh, I agree. No, it's it's difficult. I'm working on a book myself, and it's uh, it's a full time job, you know. <laughs> and like you say, it's not necessarily going to make any money in itself, but it certainly gives you credentials that that help. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like that lawyer example, if he could, I like short my my self published book is only eighty pages long. If an attorney, I like shorter books because <laughs> people are mm-hmm. so busy. But he could he could maybe write a hundred page book on. Stuff you didn't know, I don't know, some creative little simple thing about legal, some legal, you know, things you never, things you always wanted to ask an attorney but didn't want to pay for. <laughs> but didn't want to pay for. Well, yeah. that's a good, yeah, a good a title. Cute little title, you know. Might be interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, super. Well, okay. Thank you for, for everything, uh, Hans for today and giving us all this time and information and I'm sure people will be going over there and getting the book. I know I want to get it so I because <laughs> I can learn something from everyone and even though I'm in, you know, similar field uh, to you, we learn from each other because I'm sure you've learned a hundred things I haven't thought of yet. So <laughs> I well, want to get I appreciate those. that, Ken, and thanks for having me on the show. It means a lot to me. And I just want to say to your listeners, if you want to reach out to me with any questions, again, just go to my website, HansFinzel.com, and the contact tab. I read every single email that uh, comes to me through that. Perfect. Perfect. All right, sir. Thanks again. And uh, hopefully we can talk in the future and see what, what your next book is. Okay. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it so much. All right. Okay. Bye now. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Income for Baby Boomers with your host, Ken Queen. Helping boomers like you get a business started you can run from your own home. We interview owners of both online and offline businesses, but most importantly, ones that are run by baby boomers. Stay tuned next week for new and exciting businesses that you can start from your home. Until next time, have a profitable and blessed week.